Good morning, everybody. You're tuning in to the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, and I am your host, Krishika Jathani, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are our top stories from today. First, Canada reduced the number of international study permits by 35%. Next, in local news, a Toronto officer is charged and suspended after allegedly assaulting a woman in dispute. Then, Liberals announced a national summit to tackle the surge in auto thefts. Finally, in world news, Iran's foreign minister will visit Pakistan next week after tit-for-tat airstrikes. And then we will hear Rojan with our latest good news segment. So, let's get into it. Canada will reduce the number of international student permits by 35% next year. According to CTV News, Immigration Minister Mark Miller announced Monday morning that this is part of a temporary two-year cap on foreign enrollment. This will cut the number of approved study permits in 2024 to 364,000 and the 2025 limit will be reassessed at the end of the year. According to Miller, this move will allow them to address institutions and, quote, bad actors, end of quote, who are charging high tuition fees for international students while also increasing the number of international students they are accepting. According to CTV, the federal government has also faced pressure from provinces due to the number of non-permanent residents entering Canada. This is also seen as the country struggles with the housing crisis. In 2022, more than 800,000 international students were issued student visas, and Miller said 2023's numbers were on track to be more than triple the number accepted 10 years ago. According to CTV, Miller said this is not meant to punish international students, but to ensure their experience and education is good. It was, quote, unacceptable that some private institutions, end of quote, have, quote, taken advantage, end of quote, of international students by increasing tuition prices. Quote, those institutions need to be shut down, end of quote, he said. Some post-secondary institutions have been, quote, underfunded by our provinces, end of quote, he said which may have incentivized institutions to charge higher tuition fees for international students since they have less leeway to increase tuition for domestic students. According to the Toronto Star, Miller blamed schools bringing over students as a source of revenue without providing a solid education or ensuring their well-being in Canada. Reports show many international students are unable to find safe and secure housing. Last fall, Miller warned provinces that they needed to crack down on abuse and fraud in the system or Ottawa would impose limits on the number of visas it issues. According to the Star, Miller said the following at a news conference in December. It is wrong to blame international students for Canada's housing shortage, but also schools admitting more students than they know can find housing is unethical. In local news, Toronto police have claimed one of their offices has been suspended with pay and is facing criminal charges after a woman was allegedly assaulted and robbed. According to the Toronto Star, the woman was involved in a landlord and tenant dispute which took place in December. According to the Toronto police, allegedly, a man unlawfully entered the home, assaulted the woman, and stole property worth around 5000 or more. Investigators announced on Sunday they charged Const Edward Parks, who served the force for 15 years and was assigned to its communications department. According to the Star, the 54-year-old is facing three charges that include being unlawful, theft over $5,000, and assault. Parks is expected to appear in court in March, and his suspension is in accordance with the Police Services Act. Next, the federal government will convene a national summit to tackle auto theft in Canada after a surge in vehicles in Toronto. According to the Toronto Star, much of the country is concerned the problem is funding organized crime abroad. 
Public Safety Minister Dominique LeBlanc said he wants national, provincial, and municipal governments and police forces to attend the summit on February 8th in Ottawa. Although LeBlanc has not suggested any new measures to tackle the problem, he thinks the summit will help different levels of government and police and border agents to know how to tackle the issue. According to the Star, he didn't specify which governments or agencies have agreed to attend the summit, but spoke to Ontario Premier Doug Ford over the weekend since the issue is a priority in Canada's biggest province. However, Ford's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment. According to the Star, LeBlanc said the following, quote, It's an important opportunity for us to work with partners across the country and take action with something that's increasingly becoming a concern in every part of the country, end of quote. The federal government cited the Canadian Finance and Leasing Association, which reported three times as many vehicles were stolen in Toronto in 2022 than in 2015. The Acquit Association, a group funded by insurance agencies which tracks fraud and insurance crime, reported that vehicle thefts in the city jumped 24% in the first half of 2023. According to the Star, the federal government said vehicle thefts jumped 50% in Quebec, 48% in Ontario, and almost 35% in Atlantic Canada in 2022, in comparison to 2021. In world news, Iran's foreign minister will visit Pakistan next week due to unprecedented attacks on either side of the border, which targeted Baluch militant groups with similar separatist goals. According to the Toronto Star, both countries are accusing each other of providing a haven to the groups in their respective territories. Pakistan's military and political leadership moved to de-escalate tensions with Iran. According to Iran's state-run IRNA news agency, Foreign Minister Hossein Amirabdollahian spoke to Pakistani counterpart Jalil Abbas Jalani to defuse the flare-up. According to the Star, the statement said both foreign ministers agreed the ambassadors from both countries could return to their posts by Jan 26. Well, that was it from me today, and now I'll leave you with Rojan with our Good News segment. Good morning, everyone. You're tuning into the Good News Network, where we cover wholesome stories you may not hear about. For today's segment, the Galapagos Conservatory celebrates their successful mission to release 136 juvenile tortoises to their home on Isabella Island, Ecuador. According to the Good News Network, the giant Galapagos tortoises were hatched and raised at the breeding and rearing center on the island. The tortoises between the ages of 5 and 9 years old were monitored by park rangers, who kept an eye on their well-being and development. Their care ensured that the animals grew up healthy and were ready to be returned to their homeland, where they can freely live their lives in a natural state. On average, the tortoises can live over 100 years. According to the Galapagos Conservatory website, the tortoises were quarantined, dewormed, analyzed for their health, and microchipped for identification purposes. After this, the 136 tortoises were transferred to their new home at the Cinco Cerros area on Isabella Island via helicopter. The financial help to pay for the helicopter was made possible thanks to the public donations that were made by passionate advocates. Without the financial support made from the donations, the only other option would be to transport the tortoises by boat and to manually carry them across several miles of challenging terrain, including lava fields. The process would take multiple expeditions over a long period of time. Director of Conservation at the Galapagos Conservancy, Dr. George Carrione, said to the Good News Network that successfully rehoming this new group of 136 juvenile turtles by helicopter marks a crucial milestone in our conservation mission in Galapagos. 
the Galapagos projects are done with the mission to restore the ecological balance of the Ecuadorian island chain in South America. Tortoises are primary herbivores who aid in shaping the landscape and dispersing seeds, which are two crucial factors in maintaining sustainability. Tortoises are primary herbivores who aid in shaping the landscape and dispersing seeds. One example, according to Smithsonian Magazine, is that they prevent cacti from growing too close to their parent plants. By eating the fallen fruit, they are able to drop the seeds elsewhere on the island through their dung. Biodiversity is like nature's community, where all of the animals have a role in maintaining the land's natural beauty. The presence of these reptilian friends has an impact on the plants and even animals around them as they play their role as the island's secret terraformers. Thanks to human advances, the livelihoods of many species are constantly put on the line. So it's heartwarming to see the lengths people go through to help maintain what's left of the natural ecosystems. And with that said, thank you for tuning in with the Good News Network. If you would like to hear more uplifting stories about the world we live in, feel free to join us next week. From Met Radio, my name is Rojan. With this, let's wrap up our news for this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I will be back next Tuesday with some more news at Morning Mixtape, but until then, tune in tomorrow for more. It's Met Radio, 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Krishika Jathani. Thanks for listening.